Are you ready? Ready to transform your life and step into the person that you say you want to be. Ready to stop talking and start doing. I'm Ange, a health and fitness coach. And I'm Ashley, a Reiki master and energy healer. And we are here to help you do exactly that. And you're busy. We get that because we are too. But even with the challenges and chaos, you deserve and can live a life full of absolute joy, happiness, and purpose. We want you to join us in taking radical responsibility so that you can take everything in your life to that next level. Have the best sex of your life. Live in a body that you love. Let go of worry and stress. And live in total alignment. Your happier, healthier, and amazing life is waiting for you. Let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Transform Your Life podcast. We are here on our second part of the why genetics are not your fat loss problem. <laughs> and Angie's going to take us through the last six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So, Angie, how are you doing, babe? I'm doing good, girly. How are you doing? Oh, You're looking good. lovely. I love the red lipstick. Thanks, girl. Yeah, I've been rocking the red lipstick lately mm. quite a lot. I mm-hmm. often lean into the red or the the pinks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just. Uh, and into fall though it, it's seasonal it looks good oh you're right it didn't really make that connection but it makes mm. sense that mm-hmm. summer is more that pink and florally place yeah. for us the deeper richer colors kind of lend itself to that fall mm. Hmm. yeah all right so yeah let's get into it we went through number one through five in last week's episode so if you have not caught up on that go back and listen to last week so number six on our list is staying up late and getting poor quality sleep. Mm. And so why don't we just tell the audience, when you stay up late, what does that typically look like in terms of food and beverage consumption, Ashley? In my house? Yes. <laughs> um, so beverage consumption, it is probably wine. And my husband likes cider, so sometimes he will drink cider. And then it's often snacky food. Um, for us, it's typically actually, we lean it more into like rice cakes, hard boiled eggs. And just if I'm having a piece of bread or something, cause sometimes I'm craving those, those denser foods, I will take gluten-free with peanut butter or something that is going to still satisfy that craving. I actually really love gluten-free toast with peanut butter and honey. So I'm getting that like sweet fix that I'm really craving, but I'm also pairing it with protein and something that is gluten-free so that my belly is not out of sorts. I know that that's probably not the best food for me in the evening, but if I'm choosing something, I try to... Actually, we also cook a lot of eggs in the evening, which is kind of funny. We have this thing called, actually Cam makes them, they're called crispy eggs. But essentially what he does is he keeps the yolk out of the egg fries most of the egg and then puts it in and it's a really deep egg but it's also crispy so we're a little bit I would say atypical on the like evening beverages most people probably wouldn't pair eggs and wine together (laughs) protein with wine is actually a really good choice uh, cheese is another one right yeah yeah 
Yeah. Okay. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, so when we look at the habits that kind of happen, that's very, maybe it would be atypical to make the selections that you do, but we do see that with the staying up later, maybe watching a couple more episodes of a show or those habits that can essentially disrupt our sleep um, and also have additional calorie consumption. Mm-hmm. So when you look at those hours, I would say probably from like seven till midnight, generally the habits that happen in the, that period of time aren't the best. And so when we're looking at that period, yes, you're making better um, food choices in that time, but the longer that we're up, the more calories that we consume, the more likely that we're not in a caloric deficit when the end of the day happens, right? right? And so if we're looking at trying to correct those habits and know one thing that you started doing was getting up earlier and switching it. So you're going to bed maybe not all of the time, but some of the time going to bed at 8.30, 9, 9 9.30, so that you're able to get up earlier and do all of the wellness practices. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was one thing that we had talked about just in our home was those hours from nine till 11 are not nearly so productive as the ones from five till seven. Yes. Right. And so summer actually cam has been getting up super early and going to work. But for me, summer is that time of just like, I want to sit on the deck mm-hmm. and I want to stay up later and I want to watch the fireflies mm-hmm. and I want to have the torches on. And so I know that that's, this is the season for enjoyment. So there is a little bit less of that morning routine structured, but as we, again, as we move into fall and red lipstick, we, <laughs> um, those habits are starting to fall back into place. Those, those routines and I, I notice it so big, those two hour differences, the nine to 11 and the five to seven, right? When we switch those two, I'm, I'm not eating any of the foods that I would eat in the evening mm-hmm. time. I'm not drinking any of the beverages that I would drink in the evening time. Mm-hmm. And you're right, that, that quality of sleep makes it so I want to get up at that time. I want that that peaceful time. Right. And so absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the the struggle for most people, right. Is like at the end of the day, you're tired. Mm-hmm. And so hunger is high. You're really tired. And so maybe you're mistaking the signal of, Oh, I need to eat with I'm tired because essentially the hormonal response that's happening throughout that period of time, when really you just need to sleep can sometimes feel like I just need to eat. Right. And so when that's happening, it's very common for people to put a whole bunch. They'll do great all day. They'll be like, I ate this and this and this, and I had such a good day, but I ruin it every night between seven and 12. So it's just that area to really play close attention to on what's happening in terms of movement and consumption in that period of time. And when it comes to the quality of sleep, most people don't think that that is going to be the biggest game changer, but just improving the quality of your sleep is so big for fat loss. That is when the magic happens. That's when all the repair happens, the restoration happens. That's when your stress response that's been heightened all day is able to finally just chill out. And so if we're looking at trying to improve the quality of sleep and trying to really get the results we want to with fat um, or reducing fat from the body, I'd be looking at that area and saying, hey, what does sleep actually look like? Because once we improve that, we do see that a lot of people will see great fat loss results mm. from that um, that magic time. Really, it's, it's really magical what can happen by prioritizing that piece. So absolutely. And I think too, one of the one of the strategies that I use with that is setting a bed timer. 
Yes. Setting an alarm for bedtime, right? Like we don't, we think of that needs to wake us up from our sleep, but we can set alarms. We can set reminders. We can write schedule anything on our phone nowadays. And so setting that reminder and not just once setting yourself that like hour before bedtime, or it's like, finish up, watch one more show, mm-hmm. right? Go get that diaper. This is in our house. I have like a diaper timer as mm-hmm. soon as Coralie, she won't go to bed with a diaper on, but like 10 minutes later when she's sleeping, I can put one on her, right? The, the diaper timer, the right, like what haven't you done? What do you need to do in this last hour before you go to bed? Cause that's coming, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think what happens for a lot of us is, especially if we're sitting down watching a show, we're like, oh, just one more. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's such a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 1130. We can do one more. But if you have your one more timer, this, okay, this is the last episode. And mm-hmm. I have a whole hour. I have a whole hour. Right. And so then when you get to the end of that, it's like, nope, it's bedtime. Mm-hmm. Like I got to. So I think that's a, a key strategy that I also find very, very helpful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think with that piece of it, it's also not having those things there at night that you're going to be tempted. Make it so that you would have to drive to the grocery store to get the things. Oh, the grocery store is closed. So I can't go there and get that thing. The more that things are in our cupboards and we're stockpiled with it in those moments of being tired or in those moments when the cravings start to set in, if those things are easily accessible, you're screwed. You're going to eat them. You are going to eat them. Especially if if you've had some wine or you've smoked a bowl or like whatever, whatever your other vice is. Yes. You're that guy has maybe been let down and you're like, ah, my husband opened the bag of chips. Like totally. I'm, I'm a sucker, right? Totally. Totally. So we really want to be looking at setting up that habit so that if you have to go and get those things, you're going to have to leave the house to do so. And that can be super, super helpful um, with that. And then even with, you talked about TV, if you're trying to set yourself up for success with sleep, minimizing the amount of electronics close to bedtime. People don't think it makes that big of a difference, but really it makes such Such a a big difference. difference, Honestly, when that blue light is coming in and messing with your brain, really. Right. And you're doing that close to bedtime. You're not getting to the same levels of sleep as what you would if you would have cut that off an hour out or even a couple of hours out. So your body's like, okay, it has not received that blue light and it's ready to settle in. It's ready to even start that fat loss process before you're even in bed because you're not focused on something else. Think about the more that we're stimulating the brain and the more that things are, your body is having to do something different, the less likely it's going to do to try to like reduce body fat. If you wanted to reduce body fat, you need to be giving your body. I'm so busy up here. I can't, right? Yeah. yeah. There's too much stimulus. There's too much stimulus. And even with your nervous system, your nervous system is so stimulated. It's like, it's not going to focus on relaxing and releasing the weight. It's going to focus on all the other things it's doing, right? Mm -hmm. If you want your metabolism to do what you want it to do, so much power is in stillness, in just breathing, in just having great conversations and sitting down, right? And so... I'd say that's another like big tip going into bed. Like what is that all looking, um, looking like for people and the scrolling, right? Like I think of yes, television, but how many people while they're even laying in bed, they're stuck to their charger and they're like scrolling through that light is coming in. And the other thing that I have, I've, I've known for a while, I'm connected with an incredible dowser. His name is Lloyd Graham. And he said, essentially, you should not have your phone in your bedroom at all. Mm -hmm. Or if you do, no Wi-Fi. 
or like no Wi-Fi connected to it. So what I started doing was I started putting my phone in airplane mode when I go to bed mm-hmm. and I have so much better sleep. Totally. That Wi-Fi signal's not like pounding at my brain mm-hmm. as I sleep right beside my phone. Exactly. You right? can still set your alarm if you're somebody who wants to do that. But yeah, airplane mode is a game changer. And then in your oh. morning, pick your time when your airplane mode's coming off. And yeah. if you want to do your stuff for two to three hours and people know that they can't reach you until 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 11, 12, whenever that is... You just create that boundary. Absolutely. People will learn. They'll be like, oh, I couldn't have got, couldn't get a hold of you. I don't have my phone on during that time. They'll learn that if I want to get a hold of Ashley, I got to get a hold of her during this time, just like how there's business hours, right? Totally. And so just creating that boundary is so, so strong. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Number seven, eating while distracted. So this comes like while you're driving, any sort of like distracted eating of any um, of any kind when there's no like mindfulness of like, I can taste this. I can feel this. This is a sensation of my mind and having that completely mindful food consumption. We're eating when we're totally distracted. And I feel like for a lot of people without having that connection and that sensation of all of the senses being involved in the experience, a we're eating more than what we realize because when you're kind of in that brain shutdown mode, it's like, Oh, Oh, I ate the whole bag of chips. How did that happen? Right? And they sit back and they're like, I don't even know how that happened. Your entire brain was shut off that entire time while it was happening. And that's what I think happens for a lot of people. They either use food and they're numbing or the whole experience really isn't active. Think about eating and having to like pause in between bites to really think about the taste that's going in your mouth. You're able to really make it a totally different experience. And we're also able to eat a lot less when we do that. And the other part with, I think with distractions that happens a lot of the time is that for people, like when you're coming, let's say you're going to go and work, you're at the computer, you're like bringing over the snack bag and you're like, Oh, I'm just going to work and like grab a handful here, grab a handful there. They think they're like multitasking. I'm saving time. I don't have time to like stop and eat. You would do so much better and be so much more supportive if you just did both things singly, right? You grab the snack, you portion it out, you eat it you come back to working. You're not making your brain have to do two jobs. You're not going, okay, do all these work things, but also digest my food at the same time. To try to do those things in combination is not supportive of the body. And really, in turn, the body is just going to, um, A, overconsume and B, not be able to release the fat that you want to. If you want your body to digest well, to nourish well, you want to be singularly focused on, I'm putting food in my body, this is nourishing me, right? That sensation of complete experience and it makes a big difference. So not being distracted while you eat, but also not eating to be distracted. Yes. I think so many of us, especially in those evening hours, uh-huh. right? Those emotions come up and we don't know what to do with them. Yeah. Yeah. And so we eat. Yes. It's a form of stuffing it back down. It's yeah. a form of like, no, nope. my day was really shitty. Like, yeah, I, I need some joy yeah. and food shows up as a pleasure item. Totally. And when you're completely depleted, you can't move into joy items, bliss items, no. filtered joy. All you have room for is pleasure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? And that's where all those quick fixes come in. Like your, your crappy snacks, your, your Netflix, your wine, mm-hmm. your right. Like mm-hmm. whatever it is, but those quick mm-hmm. fixes that bring pleasure instantaneously because you're, you're so depleted. Right. And so totally. It's really about not engaging in those so you can distract from your life. Totally, totally. Mm -hmm. And even it's just coming back to like how we eat is so important 
maybe even more important than what we eat, Mm -hmm. right? Like how we are doing the practice of eating is so, so important. And even when, I think in last week's episode, you were talking about like when you eat and you, when say you're bringing in, what were you, what was the emotion you were using? Shame and guilt. Yeah. When you're bringing that's bringing that energetically through the body and that's how we eat. Like that's not just like, make sure you eat protein and vegetables. That's like the actual act of like how that's going into your body energetically. Absolutely. I I love that wisdom. All right. All right. We we got got number eight. What is this? Um, This one kind of connects to your wine, but this is Ah. drinking your calories. Ah. So a lot of people are like, oh, I eat so well. I like have an omelet for breakfast. I have a salad for lunch. I have a great dinner. It's always, there's always protein. There's always vegetables. There's like only occasionally carbs. Like this is what women tell me all the time. But like, (laughs) I'm like, okay, great. Now let's talk about the liquid calories. And they'll be like, well, what liquid calories? I'm like, let's talk about what, what happened with your coffee. Like, did you have a coffee that's going to have an extra 300 calories because of the things that you added to it, Mm. right? Or the things that add up throughout the day. Maybe it's the soda. Maybe it's any of those beverages throughout the day that maybe you're not realizing you have six teas and each tea is an extra 70 calories. All of that. Or you go, I used to think this, you go out and you have an iced tea. Oh, yes. Right? Like, oh, I'm going to do a healthy thing and I'm not going to order the pop. I'm going to order an iced tea. Yeah. Absolutely. It's all of that, right? Mm. Or even marketing, right? Like marketing for so many things is like, here's your fruit smoothie, right? Mm. So from a lot of places, or here's a milkshake and look, it has, it has fruit in it, right? And so you're like, I'm doing a good thing. I'm getting a smoothie, but you're looking at what's actually in so many of these like smoothie mixes. It's literally like syrup that they've added their like water or whatever to, right? You're not actually getting the benefits of having Like if you took frozen strawberries and made yourself a smoothie, you would actually be getting so much more nutrients. But so many of these things, you're going through a drive-thru thinking you're making a good choice when really you're not really having a strawberry smoothie, right? And so it's all of those little things, even when people think they're doing the right things. And so then you have that and then you have the wine at dinner. And not that that's bad. It's just people will be like, I only eat 1200 calories, but we look at their beverage consumption and it's like, oh, 1,200 times two, wow. right? Because it adds yeah. up so quickly. And alcohol is the same. Like, it adds up so, so quickly that, like, one glass of wine, that's 200 calories, right? Yeah. And so once you start looking at, okay, what's a few glasses of wine? Then you spread that amongst your week. You think you're doing really well. And not to say your efforts aren't great, but there's so many times where we're not actually in a caloric deficit for our body for that reason. Ah, that makes sense, though. It totally does. Or a lot of people, if if they've been on the yo-yo a lot, their metabolism really, 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 like you can try, they think they're eating a little bit, but their body has adapted to a thousand calories, right? And so they're just, their whole metabolism may be in a little bit of a wacky situation because of that. But And that's where you you can see people going, this must be my genetics. Yes. Because I look at, I'm doing all the right things. Yes. Right. This is the only thing or they go, they either say it's my genetics or my hormones. And yes, there is hormones that may we'll get blood work done. We'll look at what's going on hormonally. But the reason why we have the hormonal issue to begin with, A, could have been because of dieting. B, could have been because of those like estrogens that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And C, could have been that even when you're looking at all of the like lifestyle things, we can really mess up our hormones just by being chronically stressed out. 
Yes. Right. Your hormones get, mm-hmm. I think I didn't have a period for five years because my body was like, you're not safe. Wasn't because I was always really a low body fat percentage. So much of that was affected because I do think I was chronically stressed, but maybe didn't even realize it. Right. And that energy, you couldn't even release that the shedding of your uterus because it was so busy elsewhere, just exactly. keeping you alive and like yes. vibrating. Right. Yes. And yes. that certainly we cannot let you sustain other life because we are so busy just keeping you going. Exactly. Exactly. Right. right? And so, yeah. So I would say that's, um, yeah, liquid calories are absolutely right. Okay. I know I consume more than I should for liquid calories. And you know what? There's, there's nothing... But I also, but I also, but I know they're my liquid calories. I know that they're, so you're not, you're not, you're not saying like, oh, because of these liquid, like you're not for a lot of people. It's more just the awareness that this is the reason why you might not be changing your body, not genetics. Right. And so like when we talk about pleasure foods or like nourishing your body, nourishing your soul, or coming back to those things, it's like. I do think you create the lifestyle and you are able to rock your lifestyle with liquid calories and you found your balance, but there's other things that you choose not to have to make that balance out, right? Absolutely. You don't splurge on all of the meals and have all of the things that you used to (laughs) alongside the wine, right? Right. Ashley, a couple years ago was saying no, was saying yes to all of the things, maybe not consciously, right? But when you decided to make the changes, you went through a period of having to say no to a lot of things to yeah. get to where you are now, which is quite inclusive, but there are things that you're like, ah, I don't really enjoy that. So I'm not going to choose you. Right? 100%. I would rather wine or I would yes. rather and, the gluten-free bread or whatever. And there's a, there's now a place where it's like, I can, t- I can feel in my body. Like if I, so for example, let's say, Let's say we have a weekend at the cottage and, you know, there's lots of good food. There's lots of beer. There's lots of cider. There's lots of wine. There's lots of campfire marshmallows, all of that. By Monday, I'm like, okay. Back to, I need to go back. Right? Like, and it's, there's this like ebb and flow of that place. But you're right. That like beginning place and to where I am now, there had, I had to A, learn my body. Right. Mm-hmm. And now that I can learn, now that I know my body, right, I might choose something instead of, I might have the, the s'more at camp, I might have three s'mores and not as much wine. Or I might, you know, the next day I'm intermittent fasting till two and just having like, right. So it's, mm-hmm. I now understand the, the balance of that. So for somebody who's listening and is going, how do I even begin? Know that the beginning point doesn't look the same as the end point. Absolutely. Because we're talking right now from that end point where, Mm -hmm. yeah, I am able to, you know, my wine is able to coexist with pizza Mm -hmm. and it can coexist with chocolate and I don't feel the need to binge on those. But it wasn't always that way, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Taking it back, that very first month where you put me on a candida diet where like the only sweet things I could have, guys, was yogurt. Mm -hmm. And I could have blueberries and strawberries. Mm -hmm with my yogurt, like, and it's a minimal yogurt, right? Like, but it was literally, I needed to detox and clear out my whole system. Right. And so just knowing that if you're at a starting point right now, that doesn't line up with the end point that we're talking about, know that there is a starting point and we're here to support that for you. And you also accepted that you didn't need to 
um, work against your body, even though your body right at that moment was working against you, right? When Candida was going, you're like, oh my God, it can feel like what the hell is wrong with you body? Why are you doing that? Is the signal your body is giving you to make you wake the fuck up? Yeah. She's talking to me. She is. Hey girl, listen. Right. So it's once you get that wake up call and you're like, you know what? I really do need to make some changes. I need to. It's working with the body, knowing that she will work on your side. So when you're trying to lose weight and you're like, fuck, nothing ever works. I do all the programs. I never get the results. You're already manifesting that to be your destiny because you're not working with your body. It's like, yeah, girl, it made your it made your climb up that mountain really fucking tough. But the view on the top is that much better because you had to work so hard. Somebody that's like, whoa. 30 pounds gone. Good go. They don't appreciate it the way that you do when you're like, hey, body, we're doing this thing. I'm going to drag you up this mountain and it's going to be really fucking tough. But I know when I get to the top, the way that that's going to feel is so much better and so much gratifying than the easy road. And so it's just appreciating the challenge and appreciating, yes, these things may be showing up for you, but you're just like, you know what? I love you, body. I love you, buddy. I love that you gave me these challenges because yeah. I am going to appreciate it that much more. Um, but yeah, awesome. that's number eight. All right. It. Number nine um, is maybe surprising, maybe not surprising, mm-hmm. is associated with any sort of medication for depression. So any sort of antidepressants are a common cause of weight gain or keeping weight on your body. Um, you probably have seen so many people in relation to depression mm-hmm. and seeing that there's way more cases of depression or maybe way more people coming forward when it comes to depression. Mm-hmm. But that climb of people being medicated using antidepressants instead of coming to Ashley for amazing has been a key reason for people that may be making their um, weight loss journey really really challenging Mm because essentially if your body is just trying to like balance and get you back in balance, Mm -hmm. it's not focused on trying to release weight. It's trying to just store that and keep you alive. Right. So you're just looking at what is, if you're making that medication have to work at just trying to keep things like stable when it comes to your mood, it's not going to release weight. So really looking at what could be the other tools that maybe um, could go in support with that medication so that your body doesn't have to work so hard just on your mood. Right. Absolutely. The other thing with that, would you say is birth control? Yeah, that's number 10. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Number 10 is, yeah. Number 10 is birth control. Those two are huge. Uh, huge, huge, huge. And the thing that drives me crazy, especially for young girls, they're like, we don't want her to get pregnant. So we're just going to put her on birth control. And it, A, it fucks up your hormones really, really badly. Oh, I hate and birth control. And B, yes. honestly, when it comes to fat loss, weight loss, trying to change your body, honestly, being on things like that is so unsupportive. Do you know what why? It say. Do you know why? It's because birth control convinces your body you are pregnant. So for three weeks of the month, you take this little pill and Mm -hmm. the pill tells your body, we're pregnant. What happens when you're pregnant? You're moody. You gain weight. You're hormonal. All And so then after three weeks, you stop taking that. Oh, we're not pregnant. We can have a period. Right. And so just like that flip flop of like, you're telling your body you're pregnant. We're not. We're pregnant. We're not. And then we wonder why we're crazy when we're on birth control. And you're giving that to like 12 year olds. I know. It's mind fucking, it's mind fucking blowing. 
It's, I can't it even. Is, it's, right? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, crazy to me. And they thought, they think it's like this incredible, incredible solution. Like I have a client, it's like breaks my heart. She got an IUD put in, mm-hmm. after, right? Mm-hmm. IUD when she was like 16. I'm like, okay, so like, oh right? Oh. Isn't that? And then, so anyways, then blah, blah, blah. She thought it made her crazy. So now she's got it removed. Right? So they're like, oh, like, maybe you have endometriosis. Maybe it's PCOS. Like, they don't really know anything that's going on. But here you have somebody who's, like, 20 years old who has an who has had an IUD inserted, which is probably fucking really painful. Yeah. If you haven't had childbirth, like, I just imagine that being really painful. And then having it removed, right? And that's a device that's inside of your body, right? And so I just that it's that kind of stuff that I'm like, why are we doing this to these girls? I know. I feel you. And so I was on birth control. And when Cam and I started dating for like probably for a year, we like discovered it was making me crazy and moody yeah. and gaining weight. And I just told him, I said, I'm going off of this. And he's like, okay, good. And I'm like, okay, but like, we're not having a baby. He's like, well, I'll just wear a condom. I'm like, it's literally that fucking simple. You just like, for however long you're having sex, the guy just like, puts on a condom. He takes it off when you're done. And that's, there is no hormonal. There is no weight gain. I'm like, so instead of just doing that, we're going to pump our children, our female young children, full of all this crap. Because we don't trust the young men in our life to do that. What Cam did, amazing. We aren't educating young men in that. And I'm like... And women. Yes, yes. but right? I, Yes, but educating the man that they have that power, like, to do that. Yeah. And they should be yeah. actively, A, having that conversation with the girl, but B, feeling really confident with how the fuck to do it. Yeah. Like, a 14, 16-year-old boy, he needs to fucking be a rock star yeah. at putting a condom on. And willing to. Exactly. Well, that's not like... It, oh, it, it doesn't feel as good. It doesn't feel as good. You know, it doesn't feel as good either as being a young dad. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so it's good. having those really hard conversations totally. with our children and totally. doing it. And I'm like, I just feel like that's the part that I find so frustrating is we're making these young girls have to do these crazy things. And then being like, then they already have their self-esteem issues. They already have their, like... Oh, it's just, yeah. Just don't be crazy. Yeah. You're crazy. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you're making it crazy. Yeah. Of course she's crazy. Yeah, of course she's of crazy. Of course, of course. So right. those would be, um, yeah. So those are the 10, as we run through them, that are playing a bigger role than right. your genetics. And like I said in last week's episode, it's not to say there are some girls that are just going to be, they're going to be leaner. They're going to have better metabolisms than you. They, like those things, there is genetic differences. It's not to say everybody is totally the but same. But in the same way, girl, I, I honestly, I think of it as like, I'm taller than you. Mm-hmm. I can reach bowls on the top shelf that you probably can't. Does that mean you just never use those top bowls? Because, well, just you're just, ge- I'm just genetically short. You might have to work harder. Yeah. And fuck, girl, that kind of sucks a little bit for you. But you know what? Sometimes I'm going to bump my head on the doorway and you're not. You're just going to coast on through, right? Exactly. And so I think that's the piece of like genetics factor in, but they're not the deciding factor unless you put it that way. Yeah. Right? Unless you look at all these environmental things and say, oh, those are all out of my control. Everything we talked about, here's 10 things that are in your control that you could really put a lot of energy towards and see 
what could happen and put energy towards it with consistency, not expecting like, like we've been talking about your journey might be really long. It might literally take you 10 years to get to your goal. Literally, I don't know how much you have to lose. It might take you 10 years to get there. That's a long time, but regardless, the time is going to pass. Yes. So you're either, I'm climbing, takes me 10 years to get to that top of the mountain, but you've done it in such a sustainable way and such a way of building on the habits and little by little that now it's just who you are at the top of the mountain. It's not just like, okay, here's a quick fix. You go on like the liquid diet and then you drop your 100 pounds, but you don't know what the fuck to do with your life afterwards. And that's why we see like, the biggest loser, all of those programs. It's not that we, we can lose weight quite, well, not quite easily, but easily enough. Mm -hmm. It's like, how do we do it in a way where you've actually created a supportive environment so you can maintain that? It's like the regain is the, is the bigger problem. that you can love your life. Yes. Yes. Right. Like the whole point of the weight loss journey is so that you can love and live in a life and a body that feels so good mm-hmm. that isn't wrapped Absolutely. around deprivation and obsession and fear and guilt and shame that's like the opposite the whole reason so it might take you 10 years but are you loving are you moving towards a life that you want to live mm-hmm. or do you just want to be miserable because it's going to take forever anyways and then that misery just compounds year after year after year mm-hmm. absolutely Absolutely. Uh, well, thank you for sharing these girls. I feel like there's been some really huge ahas for me. The like plastic one. Mm-hmm. I'm just blown away. Mm-hmm. I'm just so I hope that our listeners, I know that you guys will take some of these, if not all of these into account and just bringing them in in little. They don't even have to be massive ways. I mean, good if they are, because that's how we roll is like all in. But also just like, what can I do little by little to shift and move and create, right? Mm -hmm. It's not, maybe it's that you just start setting a bed timer and you don't get up at five, but you you start that bed timer, right? And go, okay, this is, this is moving me towards recognizing it's getting late. Even if you don't go to bed, right? I'm I'm creating awareness, awareness, right? And so I think too, that's a huge piece. One thing that I'm surprised that isn't on there is, um, not drinking enough water. Would that be number 11? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just yeah. think about how much liquid, not calories, but liquid yeah. we consume. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that today. Before, before even my day began, I had drank three liters of water. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I would say it is, it is a factor for sure. Because do people confuse thirst with hunger? They do. Yes. Okay. So number 11 will be water. <laughs> I just know how much water we drink and how much, like that's yeah, one of the huge things. That, that is just, one of the, that is, yeah. That would be another, I was just thinking yeah. of like a little change that you could make is drink more water. Yes. Have it like attached to you. And, you and just, honestly, guys, like you don't have to drink water straight up. We are like, oh God, we no. are meal squares, water all enhancers, flavor. all the flavors. Like, um, so yeah. Enhance it, squeeze a lemon in it, put some berries in it, do whatever you need to do to get it in your body, but just making it similar to like the theme of movement. Just be the person who is always drinking water throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Excellent. All right, guys, we'll see you next Thursday. As always, lots of love and uh, bye for now. Ciao.